Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And welcome to Real Presence Radio Live on this beautiful Tuesday morning. The good Lord has given us a great day with filled with opportunities to hear our Lord's voice calling us to receive His love and to love in return. I pray wherever you are in the listening area, you are having a wonderful day with our Lord. He is with you. He is with us. And He wants us to open our hearts to Him here today to receive Him and to love Him back. So I encourage you, have that great faith today. Today, the feast of St. Mark, uh, the evangelist who wrote the gospel, and a friend of St. Peter and St. Paul and the early apostles and disciples proclaiming the gospel. Uh, tradition holds in Alexandria in Egypt, and his remains, relics today, are believed to be in Venice, Italy. So as we begin each show, let us begin with a prayer invoking our Lord and the graces that we all need to know him and love him and follow him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of thy faithful, and kindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who didst instruct the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us by the same Spirit to have a right judgment in all things, and ever to rejoice in his consolation through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, to our dear listeners, we have a great show coming at you here today. We have a couple guests in this first hour between 9 and 10. And just to give you a heads up, at uh, 10 o'clock, uh, there's going to be a chance for a call-in if you have a question you'd like to ask of me. Uh, so you're welcome to do that at the top of the next hour. For the next hour, we have a couple great guests. And we have our first guest on the air, Sarah Park McLaughlin. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Father. I'm excited to be here. Thank you, Sarah. We're happy to have you. And uh, as we begin, I'll tell our listeners, you have, you're coming out with a marvelous book, Praying with St. Augustine, and I look forward to hearing about that. But before we get into the book, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, I'm a Catholic writer. I retired from teaching English at Texas Tech University in Lubbock, Texas, and I was a newspaper columnist for many years. But now I'm living in Wisconsin, and I, um, have, I've studied and written about St. Augustine and C.S. Lewis, my two favorite apologists, for many years, and written about them. And this book, Praying with St. Augustine, is a true labor of love. It's, it's a book that I wanted to own and uh, couldn't find, so I really enjoyed It's a collection of prayers with some commentary for me, some introductory information for people that don't know much about St. Augustine, and uh, it's just a tremendous book full of really powerful, beautiful, eloquent prayers that reflect um, St. Augustine's love of God. Hmm. 
Well, that's a, a beautiful uh, solution. I love that. That's a, a, probably probably happens in every country, but it seems to me it's a, particularly happens a lot here in the United States where I see something, I would like to have it, but I can't find it. Well, I'll do it myself. <laughs> That's fantastic, Sarah. I think I was, I was looking online for your book earlier to, and I couldn't find it. I was like, I'd like to have that book and I can't find it. And then you, before the air, you told me the solution. It's coming out when, Sarah? Uh, May 16th, Sophia Institute Press. Okay, you know, very the, good. The, the inspiration for the book, actually, i got to tell you, is um, I first read City of God in high school, and I was yes. really inspired by the clarity and power of his words. You know, the vision of that heavenly city on earth, uh, commingled with the earthly city. And so uh, later on, I found out that he influenced so many other Christians. But the real event that happened was I went to a silent retreat, Father, and the nuns during the chapel service were praying these beautiful prayers with just profound theological truth. So after the retreat, I asked, you know, where are those prayers from? And the nuns said, well, they're attributed to St. Augustine, and she just had notes. So I thought, okay, well, when I get home, I'll, I'll order the book, Prayers of St. Augustine. Yes. And I was shocked to find out there wasn't one. And so <laughs> I knew that that was just a gap on the shelf that had to be filled. Hmm. Yes, I agree with you. And had you had any sort of uh, spiritual relationship with St. Augustine prior to your retreat? Did you have any introduction other than the City of God to him uh, so far as you follow our Lord in your life? Oh, um, well, I had read the Confessions, and yes, I was yes. very moved by his profound conversion in his 30s. And the way St. Monica prayed for him all those years, and he, you know, was really going down the wrong path. So I think that we can all identify with his struggles because, boy, once he became a Christian and was inspired by St. Ambrose, uh, of course, eventually became the bishop of Hippo. Yes. We, his, his sermons and his prayers are just so moving because he sounds like, and especially we've modernized the language, he does not sound like somebody from the 4th century. He's, he's, he's timeless. He's relevant today, as relevant as he was then. Yes, I agree. His words speak uh, uh, from a depth of desire and a depth of struggle uh, and a sense of uh, a kind of suffering that has prayed and been victorious uh, and, and is, is conquering but not quite there. It's like a... a, a the prayers of he, because I've read the confessions. I have to admit, I haven't read all of the City of God. I've read some of the City of God, but many other sermons of Saint Augustine among my favorites. But he 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 speaks uh, whether it's preaching or praying from the depth of desire of the, of the love for God. And I like the the quote of the Our hearts are restless until they rest in you. That's a, it's a prayer of desire. And uh, right. what. Yeah, I have a I have a little question for you about about just the relationship of Augustine and Monica, and, and probably I I would. I think you've read more of St. Augustine than I have, and I'm confident of that, but uh, do you ever have any curiosity about the nature of Monica's heart with Augustine's heart? Because I, I wonder if she's not the heart behind Augustine's heart because of her tears and her pursuit of Augustine's salvation for him. I think so. I mean, from what I've read, I haven't read a, a lot of autobiographical autobi information, but I know that they were very, very close. And it's kind of funny that she ran off his uh, mistress, you know, at one point yes. before he was a Christian. And so she was always, yeah, she's definitely the heart behind the heart because she wanted him to go down a better path, and she just held out for it. And you know she had to inspire him. I mean, deep down, he always searched for wisdom, 
and um, even when he was not a Christian, that love of wisdom she had to instill in him, I think. You know, you were saying how he speaks from desire. I have a couple of favorite prayers here. Um, yes, tell us about those. Fav- yeah, one of the favorites is, you'll recognize this probably, too late did I love you, oh fairness, so ancient and yet so yes. new. Too late confession. did I love you. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the prayers that I took, there aren't any from City of God, oddly enough, but uh, many from the confessions, some from, as you said, the sermons. He wrote meditations, soliloquies, expositions on the Book of Psalms, tractates on the Gospel of John. And so these are works that people probably have not read, but it, it doesn't matter if you've read, if you've never read a word, um, you can get so much from these prayers, because they're kind of a, it's kind of like a school of prayer. It's, when you read the book, you're reading and praying at the same time, and you can just feast on some of these deep thoughts. One of the things I found that St. Augustine said, he wrote a rule for monks, the rule of St. Augustine, and he said, when you pray to God in psalms and hymns, let the heart ponder what the mouth utters. So it occurs to me this is a book you could take with you to Eucharistic adoration and just just really let the words of some of these prayers sink into your soul. Mm-hmm. I look forward to seeing this book. I'm, uh, my spiritual appetite is wet already. Uh, I'm wondering, <laughs> I am wondering, Sarah, why, why do you suppose there had not been a compilation like this before? That is, to me, that's an intriguing uh, um wonderment that throughout the whole world and how many people through the century have read uh, have read uh, St. Augustine, uh, but no one had the, the sense of let's put something together and have it published. Well, there have been some in the past, and they're just not in print. Um, they're not quite as comprehensive, I don't think, as mine, because I really dug deep. And I, I did this the old school way, looking through hardback copies, Church of the, you know, the Church Fathers' volumes. Yes. And so, um, I don't know. I think that one of the reasons is some publishers tend to like a book that's just called Prayers from the Great Saints, and it's just kind of a sampling, sort of like a little smorgasbord of this and that. And I wanted one that was really in-depth. It was just St. Augustine, because I think he's, he's unique and possibly, as we know, maybe the greatest father of the Church. And so I really want people to see what did he wrestle with what kinds of things did he pray for? Uh, he has such beautiful ways of addressing God um, and the Trinity. Oh, banquet of love, heavenly sweet, let my body be refreshed by you. I mm. mean, who prays like that? It's, they're just, uh, they're unique. They're wonderful. And maybe it was just um, something that perhaps doesn't stay in print. You know how that is nowadays. I mean, things come yes. and go. But the ones I have were from, say, the 80s, so they're just, there's a definitely a need for it. You know, Peter Kreft wrote my foreword, and he said he thinks it's scandalous that there's not a collection in, in stock right now, so this is definitely, I think, God's time, because I did start this many, many years ago, and I felt like I was somewhat led to, to do this project. 
Yes, I would say it's meeting a need that we have. Uh, there, there. I can think of other mystical type writers, or you know, maybe a bit of Saint Teresa of Avila, and certainly Saint John of the Cross, Saint Saint Catherine of Siena. Each one has their their niche regarding sharing the mystical life and having uh, approach to our Lord in, in an intimate, personal way. And our perhaps you or our reader listeners can uh, name out more saints of writings. But Saint, I, I think you're right that St. Augustine has a particular place and a particular status in his manner and the way he, he prays. And, and I was intrigued by your, your thought that maybe the greatest of the church fathers, and I, I have to say, I, mean, I think I agree with you, uh, but why would you say that? What would you say would, is so unique or special about St. Augustine and the early church? Well, one of the things I I keep, of course, coming back to the prayers, since that's what I've just been so focused on, he has an actual way of of entering into a dialogue with God, which seems very bold, but at the same time, he he constantly emphasizes his humility. But he begs Mm -hmm. God to show him things, to teach him, to help him understand the Trinity. How could you be here and yet stay in heaven? Um, And he... He just has a way of um, incorporating scriptures, like one of his prayers that he starts with the scripture, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, it is high, I cannot attain unto it. And then he says, for I understand by myself how wonderful and incomprehensible is your knowledge by which you made me, when I cannot even comprehend myself whom you've made. Um, I just love the way he is so close to the Lord, and I think we would all kind of envy that closeness that he has, and I think that the Lord granted all his prayers to enlighten his mind and teach him these truths. I agree with you. I think he, he had many prayers answered. He he still had many struggles, even even uh, yeah. think of his life as a bishop in Hippo, and it's in, for our listeners, Hippo was in, was in North Africa. And uh, it seemed to me, if I remember the history of St. Augustine correctly, uh, right, at, right at the time, or right about when he died, actually, the city was being sieged uh, by uh, an army. Do you, do you recall what was happening right at that time? I know that he had to fight several different heresies yes. that went on, and um, yes, something like that was going on. He definitely had a lot of struggles there. He did not have an easy, easy life. Um, Ex- Forty years he worked as the bishop of Hippo. Yes, yeah, he he uh, um, worked for mercy for those who were in a in a kind of uh, a separation from the church, and he also worked for reunification wherever possible. And well, Sarah, we're going to pause here just for a few moments to go on break. We have Sarah McLaughlin speaking with us about praying with St. Augustine, a book that's going to come out in May through Sophia Press. We'll be back just right after the break to pick it up again. Thank you for being with us. Real Presence Radio Live. For centuries, healthcare has been central to the healing ministry of the church. Today's technologies offer exciting possibilities, but also serious moral questions. More than ever, we need healthcare leaders who serve with integrity and conviction. The University of Mary answers the call to prepare leaders anchored in moral courage in a breathtaking range of programs from bioethics to nursing. Visit catholicprofessional.life. 
I would say um, where Catholic Radio has played a pretty important role in my faith is I, I'm a scientist, so I, I think of everything kind of in knowledge and intellectual terms. So Catholic Answers helped a lot because I might have some questions or I, I, there was a lot that I wasn't aware of. And it always seems like the callers' questions were just timed perfectly for whatever I was wondering about or had questions about. So I was able to learn kind of piece by piece and, and build. And now with kids, yeah, I really like to hear Dr. Ray's show with all the little mm. discipline tips because he makes it so simple. Yes. Um, I think for me, you know, the history has, has been really interesting. You know, I grew up Catholic and we went to Sunday school and, and religious education, but you can always learn more and there's just, you know, there's only so much that you can learn, I mean, when you're just going once a week to religious education. So for me, it's just been really interesting to learn, you know, why do we do this or where did this come from or, you know, or to be able to answer questions when people have them. I think that's been the biggest help. Let us run to Mary and as her little children cast ourselves into our arms with a perfect confidence, St. Francis de Sales. Join together with families across the local area for the Rosary, nightly here on Real Presence Radio. On Wednesday through Monday nights, tune in at 8 p.m. Central and on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Central. Gather the whole family together and pray this powerful prayer with us. Join us for the Rosary Wednesday through Monday at 8 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central here on the RPR Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio Live on this great Tuesday morning. We honor the great St. Mark the Evangelist. I'm Father Randall Kiesel broadcasting live from the Church of St. Michael in Pine Island, Minnesota. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we welcome back here as we continue the show, Sarah Park McLaughlin. Thank you for being with us, Sarah. We're talking about Praying with St. Augustine, a book that will come out by Sarah here this coming May. And Sarah, let's pick up where we were with your book. Um, And so... Do St. Augustine's prayers, if you have researched them and put your book together, do they have a common themes or common devotions? I think so. I mean, there are many ways you could organize the book, but just to begin with, I went ahead and put in five sections. Prayers of praise, prayers revealing God's attributes, prayers adoring the incarnate Christ, prayers of forgiveness and salvation, and prayers of petition. And the thing that's interesting, the one, the section about God's attributes and the incarnate Christ, I am fascinated by the way St. Augustine wrestles with the paradoxes that we've all noticed. I mean, the Trinity, for example, how can God be three in one? And so his prayers are fascinating because he, he reveals some of those paradoxes. For example, God, most hidden and most near, stable yet contained of none unchangeable, yet changing all things, never new, never old. I just get goosebumps when I read these profound truths, because we can't wrap our minds around them. We can never get to the bottom of what the Trinity means uh, to us, and I am really inspired by those. So I think that the themes, one thing that recurs is that God is just, there's such a depth to knowing Him. And loving him, and then you know, of course, and Saint Augustine said, "Believe that you might understand." So, the more that you pray, 
these prayers, I think the closer you get to God and the more you start to maybe just see little glimmers of truth in your own soul. Yes, and that's beautiful. And the, the, the intensity or the strength of faith, believing in God, what he has revealed, certainly does lead to the union of relationship. And the union of relationship leads to the thirst for God. Oh, that, that's amazing. Can you tell us a little bit more about the, the different themes and, and how that uh, has influenced you and how that would influence any readers of the book? Well, I think that somebody might really enjoy hearing some of uh, an example. This is a beautiful short prayer from a piece that he wrote called Of Holy Virginity. And it's simply, May Christ, the Son of a Virgin and the Spouse of Virgins, born after the flesh of a virgin womb, and wedded after the Spirit in virgin marriage, help us. Just crying out to the Lord for help, uh, for strength, the um, beauty of this one, God, always the same, let me know myself, let me know you. That's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Just that St. Augustine often prayed that God would reveal to him his own strengths and weaknesses shine a light, in other words, on his soul, so that he could then, you know, try to eliminate the sin or let the Lord take the sin away so that he could become closer and closer and closer to God. It just feels like you are joining your voices with uh, St. Augustine in heaven, because just think, he, he's in heaven now. It's almost like joining our voices with the angels. Yes, uh, very much so. Uh, and it's a uh, sense I, I was thinking as he, listening to the prayers, remembering uh, various ones that I've read, uh, including St. Augustine, the, the, the expression of humility and entering into relationship with God, beginning with humility. Uh, can you tell us a little more about the, the expression of humility that he uh, has shares in the prayers and in his uh, interior relationship with our Lord? Well, uh, some of the things he prays for, he has many different themes. Um, here's an example. Cramped is the dwelling of my soul. Expand it that you may enter in. Mm-hmm. It's in ruins. Restore it. I just love that. I mean, <laughs> of all people, I don't think, I think that was a bit of an exaggeration, but uh, he says, Oh, I humbly beseech you, O blessed Trinity, to come to me, abide with me, to reign in me, to make this heart of mine a holy temple a fit habitation for your majesty. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I, those kinds of prayers don't come to me um, off the top of my head. And I, I love having the models of prayers. He prays that God will make us better people. Oh, God, our Father, who exhorts us to pray and grants what we ask, if we are better and live better when we pray to you, listen to me groping amid these shadows and stretch out to me your right hand. Hold your light before me. Call me back from wandering under your guidance. Let me return to myself. Let me return to you. That's from the soliloquies. But um, I I love every single prayer. When people ask me which one's my favorite, I said, well, there's 113. Do you want me to read them all or just just a couple? (laughs) I'm obviously very excited about what he has to say. And uh, again, you really don't have to know anything about St. Augustine. I hope that when people see the title, they don't think, "Uh uh-oh, I'm not a St. Augustine scholar, because I'll tell you something funny that happened. I presented a paper one time at a Catholic university, and my paper was about St. Augustine, and um, one of the priests in the 
crowd before I spoke. He said, oh, so you're the Augustinian scholar. And I said, oh, my gosh, no, no, no. I said, I really don't know that much about him, only what I've read. And he said, well, I don't know anyone that's actually met him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he, he uh, well, certainly, of course, the, the expanse of time. But in a sense, could you say you've met St. Augustine, if you know his prayers or have some idea of his heart? I think so. I mean, I believe that anybody that reads these, these prayers and prays them can expect to be blessed. One of the things Peter Kreft said that I thought was funny in, my, in the foreword he wrote for the book, he said, there should be a warning label attached to this book. Use of these prayers, especially in a personal way, without the safety net of scholarly distance, may result in unforeseen consequences. The public sure is not responsible for these consequences. God is. Exactly. And, um, yeah, he also said, um, Peter Kreft said, this book is powerful. Anyone who prays these prayers from the heart will be changed from the heart. And I think yes. that's true. You, you will get a real inkling of what he struggled with and the way he grew to love God, grow closer, have a profound understanding and grasp of the Trinity, the Incarnation, these extremely hard doctrines to understand. Um, it really sheds sheds a lot of light on them. And, you know, that uh, as I'm listening to you and listening then the prayers, I'm, I'm wondering if this is getting at something fundamental to the human heart that perhaps all of our listeners can hear. And uh, this book may be a big, big help because it, the, I, I, to me, the attractiveness of St. Augustine is he, he speaks to my heart, but my, my heart is not so unique unto itself that there are not common experiences, so that it's as if St. Augustine's experiences, I can relate to that. And it, it, the, whether it be suffering, whether it be a struggle to hear and uh, know God's love, or whether it be the struggle to respond to God's love, Lord, I know you love me, uh, but how, how little I seem to love you back. And, and some prayers such as that, it seems like it, it, there is the, the common struggle that his heart eloquently speaks to us and speaks to God. I, I, you're right, Father. He he prays to be freed from anger and armed with patience, uh, to be cleansed with His grace, for the Lord to drive out the enemy from His deeds and thoughts. He hungers and thirsts for truth. Enlighten my darkness. Teach me how to come to You. I mean, it, these prayers are for anybody at any stage of uh, their spiritual development, and maybe even for the unbeliever who who can profit from finding out this extremely intelligent man came to the Lord, turned his life around, and never looked back. He just continued to grow in grace. And I, I think there's something in here for everyone. Whatever their struggle is, St. Augustine probably felt it. He did not have an easy life. Mm -hmm. It's not like once he was converted, he just had a bed of roses. Like you said, he had a lot of big struggles and uh, continued to get closer and closer to the Lord. 
Yes. And one thing I, I wouldn't, I think it would be good for us to touch on here uh, on, on uh, the show is his interior suffering. And that's one thing that struck me, whether it was in the confessions or reading of his life story uh, and, and the, the relationship with his mother, his mother pursuing him and praying for him and the interior struggle of conversion and how he, he said, Lord, I, I'd like to be converted, but maybe not yet. And he had this interior, oh, yes. <laughs> and he had this interior struggle that was painful. It was, it was a suffering. Yes. And uh, right. it, it doesn't, and I think it comes out in his prayers, but can you say a little more about that, especially for our listeners? And we, we all have interior sufferings, and what do we do with them? And I think St. Augustine is perhaps a, a spiritual doctor that will help us. He, of course, he had the biggest struggle was, I guess you would say, struggles with the flesh. Yes. He didn't understand how he could give up everything. I mean, as a as a young man, he just continued to struggle. He had a mistress. Uh, he had a son he loved. And, um, but he, he just couldn't quite see standing outside, I guess you could say, of the kingdom. He really understood how the earthly city is mixed with the heavenly city. He wanted to be a part, but like you said, he just said, you know, how? And I think a lot of people feel like maybe they're not good enough to come to the Lord. They feel like they're too, too much sinners. And um, they can understand that St. Augustine suffered greatly. He always had to wrestle with the flesh and, and different temptations to sin. And the Lord helped him. So I think his prayers are all of crying out to God from suffering, from um, the depths of his heart. They're just so authentic and genuine and intimate. Um, I, I think they're, they're absolutely unique. I agree with you. I think he, he's a unique person in the history of the church, but a, unique in his prayer. Um, and any words? We got about a minute left, uh, Sarah. Any any words on uh, the availability of your book? And if someone's saying, "Okay, how can I find this book, and where would I get it uh, once it's released?" Can you share with those those details? Yes, uh, Sophia Institute Press, and they have a website that you could go to and order it from there. I'm sure it'll be available through any Catholic bookstore. It is going to be released May 16th, and so that would be the best way to go about finding it, is through a Catholic bookstore or online, Sophia Institute Press, which is kind of fun, and they're a wonderful publisher. They've been yes, they so, are. such a joy to work with. Well, Sarah, it's been a great blessing to have you on the air today. And please remain with us. Uh, Father Randall Kiesel broadcasting live from the Church of St. Michael, Pine Island, Minnesota. You're listening to Real Presence Radio Live. Be back with you right after the break. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 